At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin here as well, still to come this hour. Jason Weingard from Under a Cloud of Smoke got his baseball thoughts, maybe some football thoughts, football as well, from Jason a little later on. And JVT, the debut of this NBA season on this show for Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. He'll have, he definitely will have some thoughts about last night's games and some thoughts on a Really, pretty much a full slate of NBA action tonight. Close to a full slate. What's your NBA pick again tonight? Jared Allen over rebounds, over 10.5 rebounds uh, up there against Toronto. Uh, Really playing, I I ended up playing Joel Embiid over rebounds prop last night. Just trying to, this is a a center who's going to play in a lot of minutes down low. A big guy and not a very big team over there in Toronto. Not a really true center. Pascal Siakam, they'll be rolling out uh, in the five spot here tonight with a smaller lineup. It's got great length. It's going to be a great, uh, fun team to watch again in Toronto this year. But they they will have trouble with big centers down low. Over 10.5. I looked at some of the props last night. I think the prop market is a little soft to start this uh, season. So, I don't know. I might be picking at some of those numbers more doesn't, than I thought. Doesn't that usually happen that it's softer early? And yes. as the season goes on, not much in terms of softness. You know, I think everybody who you know everybody who handicaps NBA would, would, may, would answer that question differently based on their own opinions, right, and their own numbers. But I tend to think that, Gil, yeah. and it's usually the time where I'll make more prop bets than less. Usually, It's usually beginning of the season for me and then in the playoffs. We have uh, more adjusted NFL season win totals to come. Kelly's got an NFC thought. I have an AFC thought as well. 
for a team that I like as a survivor candidate, but don't necessarily like in the adjusted season win total market. But first, our own Mike Pritchard, everybody, national champion at Colorado, first round draft pick. And of course, our own right here at VEASAN, at M.I. Pritch, uh, M.I. Pritchard, rather, on Twitter. Mike, how you doing, man? Hello, I'm great. How you guys doing? We're doing very well. I have a series of uh, player-focused questions, and I just want you, if you could, to get into the heads of some of these teams uh, as they view their own quarterbacks. Let's go to Washington first. If you're a Washington football teamer, if you're a Commodore, do you secretly say to yourself, oh, now we got legs as an option with Taylor Heineke. This is a good thing. Yes or no? Yes, I think it is. Um, so many times you think the answer to all your problems is somewhere else. And so as an organization, like over the years, Washington to be, they bring in Carson Wentz and thinking that that's an upgrade. But if you look through the first six games of the year this year uh, and compare that to when Heineke took over as quarterback last year, it's almost identical. You know, Heineke's got one fewer touchdown passes. Um, I think the interceptions are the same. In terms of yards, I think he's about 150 yards less than Carson Wentz, uh, and the identical record, two and six, two and four, excuse me, two and four. Uh, so I, I, the familiarity of that locker room with Heineke and the fact that Heineke's more of a gunslinger and Heineke is that youthful quarterback and kind of not set in his ways yet. So I, I think they'll be energized offensively, but the problem has always been on the defensive side of the ball uh, to me, Gil, and. Uh, it continues uh, this season as well with uh, Del Rio, a coordinator. Yeah, there's that. Uh, if you're in, <laughs> yeah. if you're in Denver, uh, Russell Wilson has this hamstring injury that apparently he incurred in right. the fourth uh, quarter of the uh, game the other night. Are you secretly mm-hmm. saying to yourself, "Boy, uh, Russ, you should probably take a few weeks off. I want to see what the I, I want to let Brett rip and rip here on this." Yeah, put him on IR <laughs> because he's been horrible. Uh, he's got all this guaranteed money. He's separated himself from that locker room. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as a team, uh, as a player on that team that, that thought that Russell was going to be our savior, he's, he's stunk so far, Gil. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way, uh, other way to put it, really. And uh, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I know they're trying to marry two folk philosophies offensively, Hackett and what he wants to do, and then certainly what Russell wants to do. It's not working. Uh, but Russell has all the power. If anybody's going to lose their job, it's going to be Hackett uh, before Russell Wilson. And so uh, as a player, and certainly as a veteran player, you understand that as a younger player, which I don't think the Broncos have too many younger players on that side of the ball, uh, you're not worried about it. You're more worried about yourself. But I, I think the group of veteran players, and we saw a little bit of it uh, in that game against the Chargers, uh, they're starting to talk amongst themselves. They're starting to fracture uh, if you will, and that's never a good thing, especially with a team that's struggling right now. Yeah, all this ought to inform some of our bets. I know it's more, it's it's less quantifiable, but it, it but you know, I said earlier in the year, I was like, is Russell Wilson so you know with the runner pass, runner pass, the the let's ride mm-hmm. stuff, is he so ab- annoying or cringy or abrasive, whatever word you want to use, that when it doesn't go bad, if it doesn't, if if it doesn't go well for this team, that there is a precipitous, you know, drop off a cliff factor that you have to consider let, let me go to some other even bigger names mm-hmm. let's go to okay. Tampa, let's go to tampa bay mm-hmm. i know mike he's tom brady he's the goat mm-hmm. but you know he's missing every wednesday he went to the robert Kraft surprise wedding on saturday berates his offensive line on sunday the buccaneers look terrible against the steelers are even his teammates 
at some point going to look over and say, boy, I know he's the best player that's ever played this, but good God. Yeah, because this is his final year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on top of that. You remember, this is this is the final year of his contract. He tried to get out of there uh, to go to Miami. So uh, as players, we know the business side of things. And, and you try to separate that because the season has started and uh, you want to win a championship, you want to win a Super Bowl. But if Tom Brady isn't helping us, and if he's all about himself right now, and, and certainly his future is no longer with us, then that commitment is different. Right, right, and, and I know it's crumbled around Tom Brady on and off the field, and uh, what we know of Tom Brady in the past is so different than what he is now. You're right, Gil. I mean, uh, taking off Wednesdays, John Elway, Warren Moon, they didn't they didn't practice uh, on, on Wednesdays because uh, of the preservation uh, nature of, of the season. And so, typically on Wednesdays, we're implementing a run game. We might do some passing game stuff, but the passing game day is normally Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, so. You know, taking Wednesdays off isn't a big deal. But now if you're flying out and going to weddings when Bill Belichick didn't even go to a wedding, uh, what are you doing? And now, like you said, uh, you're on the sideline ripping us a new one. I mean, I I think there's a a chance that some of those players will tune him out uh, just because they know that the future of their career in Tampa is not going to be with Tom Brady past this year. Yeah, don't know if that manifests this week. Buccaneers 11-point favorites on the road against the right. dreadful Panthers, but we shall see. And then the last one, because we could go on and on about this, but I'm curious <laughs> if you're a Green Bay Packer and the Aaron Rodgers act of, you know, hey, this is he doesn't say this, but this is what I get from it. It's never okay. my fault. Uh, I just want you to know that in my postgame pressures. It's obviously we got to do this, we got to do that. It's certainly never my fault. Um does that act wear thin, the arrogance of that ever? Yeah, because there's a disconnect between the age of Aaron Rodgers and his established career and the youthful uh, nature of these younger wide receivers that's trying to understand the standard. Why don't you show them the standard? You know, why, why don't you commit that way, Aaron Rodgers, as opposed to saying, hey, they, they have to get to the standard of where we've already been, right? And uh, we saw this last year, actually the last couple of years with Big Ben out there in Pittsburgh, you know, Claypool and Johnson and, and you know, these younger players, Najee Harris and all this. And there was a disconnect because Big Ben was set in his ways, right? And he wanted to do things his way. Now, it led uh, to a situation where Big Ben led the National Football League and come from behind uh, victories and drives in the fourth quarter. And uh, they got themselves into a playoff situation. But that's, that's Big Ben. And I, I think with Aaron Rodgers, uh, even though he's set in his ways, He's got to commit to this group of players in terms of their age uh, and understanding that he's got to be the beacon, understand that he's got to show them uh, and get them to understand that standard. And I think if that can happen, uh, they're talented enough. And certainly Aaron Rodgers is an incredible quarterback, right? But uh, a lot of times as an older player, um, and especially the age gap, uh, you just can't relate, Right. And I think a lot of that's going on right now. I, I thought Green Bay was going to tinker all year long because of that dynamic. Uh, but the struggle uh, is real and, and it's, uh, it's more prevalent, if you will, uh, right now, Gil, in terms of that gap uh, in age. The struggle is real. Packers, five, yeah. and, five and a half point favorites on the road against the uh, Taylor Heineke led commodes in Washington. Mm-hmm. All right. So as you look at the week seven slate, then from a betting standpoint, is there is there a number that sticks out to you that you want to bet? Well, I tell you what, there's so many dogs. And uh, I was talking to Josh Applebaum about this not too long ago, about uh, dogs, uh, three and a half 
a plus three and a half or more, uh, you're at 67%. And so obviously there's some good teaser opportunities. I think some favorites you can tease down the pickums in particular, the Cowboys uh, teams off of a buy are interesting too. Uh, and, and you got a dog situation, albeit the road with Detroit and certainly Houston, but uh, no, I, I'm looking at some teasers already, uh, to be honest with you, Gil, um, uh, the, the parity or, or dysfunction in the National Football League uh, is speaking volumes to me. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if there's only about two teams that really have separated themselves. Everybody else uh, is in the middle of the pack. And then there's about five teams that are completely eliminated. So I, I think the NFL is about to get ramped up. Uh, I think teams are going to start to realize uh, that they legitimately have a playoff opportunity too. So uh, hopefully the product will get better. Uh, I think it's going to get more physical too, but uh, I'm looking at a lot of dogs uh, this week, to be honest with you, Gil. All right, and then we have 30 seconds. What, what is the team then, based on, let's dovetail off what you just said, what's mm-hmm. the team that's sort of laying in the weeds right now that you think is far better than the general consensus is on and could make a, a big playoff run? Uh, to be honest with you, I think the Raiders. Uh, they're one and four, uh, and they don't think they're out of it. And the Raiders, from what I gather, feel like their schedule uh, is going to get easier. Now, that's dangerous, right? That's dangerous to think that way. But they're an ultra-talented ultra, uh, football team. They're very, very talented. And um, I, I think uh, that collective effort and that thought process in the locker room thinks that they're still in it. Raiders, seven-point favorites at home against the Texans this week. Got to get that one for sure. Uh, on yeah. the way to what Pritch is talking about. Thank you, Mike. As always, appreciate it. Gil, appreciate you guys. Have a great day. Mike Pritchard, everybody, at M.I. Pritchard on Twitter, VEASAN Zone. We'll come back. More of those adjusted season win total thoughts in the NFL next. The numbers game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a numbers game, live from the South Point Hotel Casino, tip of the strip. It's Gil Alexander, it's Kelly Bidlin. How many people do you think come into town from elsewhere and are like even aware of the South Point? What are you seriously? Like from all around the country, they're all strip focused. We're just down the strip a little bit. Yeah, it, it, um, I don't know. It's tough because it's one of those people either know about it or, or they don't know about it, right? <laughs> if you if you don't know. Now you know. So like, I think, it, like, I think just even, you know, like, when I've talked to friends, you know, back east or whatever, like, there's, yeah, there are people that know about, absolutely know about it, have been here multiple times, love their time here. Usually they're sports betters or something like that. But, 20, 24-7 sports book. Yeah. Um, run by Chrissy Andrews and Jimmy Vaccaro milling about. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, I mean, it is still, it is still one of the, I mean, post-COVID, still one of the better poker rooms in town. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I mean, it simply amazes me every, I mean, like 11 a.m. Monday through Friday, why, how there are so many people at Packed. so many table games. Packed. It, it blows my mind. If you want to wait 45 minutes at the Starbucks, this is your jam right here. Shoot, I, can't, I counted it when we, uh, when we started the show today. I was like, yo, why is there 14 people out in the sports book right now? <laughs> like, it's 6.58 a.m. I had to bet those hockey dogs. We get tweets at beating the book, A Brown, ALB underscore ATC. Here's where your MLB take misses, Gil. Oh, I love when they start like this. Talking about uh, is it good for the long term of the game, long term health of the game if 162 games means less and less uh, that we talked about yesterday? He goes, Here's where your MLB take misses, Gil. In baseball, the numbers matter. Teams want to rack up 100 plus wins to be considered among the all-time best. Why do you think we just spent a month freaking out about the AL single-season home run record? Um, 
A. Brown, here's where your MLB take misses. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Sorry. Kiss the generate. I understand Sporer's point and agree. However, the new MLB playoff format was clearly not well thought out. I think the results will dissuade fans from watching overtime, and teams will lose in the end, in my opinion. Not about teams, but the, I think the sport over time. Anyway, we can go on and on about that. Always appreciate the feedback. Glenn goes, uh, Glenn, sorry, Len Glauzenski. Gil, you are so right about betting changing, and there are times you're better at a particular sport. I learned that from the particular, uh, excuse me, I learned that from the horses. You see, I send horse plays randomly. It is intentional because I have recognized I do better certain times of the year. Uh, and this is from Dan Rockwell. Are the Saints an insane survivor pick this week? <laughs> uh, I'm considering it very seriously, waiting to see the final injury report. Any thoughts? Apologies if you covered this already and I missed it. Uh, earlier, Dave, I actually, uh, Dan, rather, pardon me. Earlier, Dan, I actually thought to myself, or thought out loud, might the Cardinals be a sneaky one because of all the Saints injuries? Maybe what we're both saying is you shouldn't take either side here. I mean, that's sure, that's sure how I felt about it a couple days ago. I did end up making a small Cardinals bet yesterday, so I guess, yes, I'm on that side of things, but... yeah. I, I mean, am I, 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 I going to sit here at home Thursday night and be shocked if the Cardinal, if Taysom Hill racks up 150 yards rushing on the Cardinals nope. or something like that, and they win 31 to 10? No, I'm not nope. going to be surprised at all. Not at all. And maybe that's our answer right there. Kelly, you had an NFC adjusted season win total you wanted to add on. Well, the Giants one was the biggest one to bring, wanted to bring up. The other two that I, I kind of. It, bo- both unders on them leaning here. Commanders and Packers. And I was kind of surprised you didn't bring up Commanders. And may- maybe it's Taylor Heineke, uh, mm. you know, coming back that, that, that gives you a, a little bit more confidence in this team. But that number sitting at six and a half. Upcoming schedule. So you got the you got the Packers game this weekend. And then it's, it's it feels like a lot of questionable teams. Right, Gil? Where it's at on the road at the Colts. You got the Vikings at home. At the Eagles, like this next four game stretch is pretty brutal. Then you get the tech, like you're on the road at the Texans, but like, are we positive they can go on the road to the Houston? And beat so, them? so you're thinking under on the, on yes, the, I'm thinking yeah, under. Okay. I'm thinking under on them. I, um, I didn't know which way you were going at first. And then, so, you know, Falcons yeah. come to town. Like, how do we power rate right now the Falcons and the Commanders? You know what I mean? Like, the Falcons are a little bit better team than them right now, in my opinion. Uh, you know, they got two games with the Giants left. Are we going to think the Giants are. Better or worse than we think they are now. I'm sure we're going to have a stronger opinion on them by then, though. Ooh, that's not a bad call. Now that I'm looking at it, you're right. Because they would have to win five games to go over that? Yes. Five games. Oh, that's a good call. Under on the commodes. Yeah. And then if we... Uh, I, I, I mean, I love the Vikings. Vikings under 11.5, I think, is what you got to look at, too. I mean, you've pointed out better than anybody the past two years how this team has played. The wins and losses have come in these tight games, Mm -hmm. totally up in the air. If we expect, uh, you know, this kind of revert, uh, you know, to revert back and regress the mean, the mean a bit, like some of these losses are going to start happening at some point. Eleven and a half wins is a lot of. I mean, you got to get to twelve. To go over that, I, I think 11 or less is still fair to expect from the Vikings. And this is from Captain Viking. This is from Captain Viking. Captain Hill. Viking Kelly Vit- yeah. Kelly Billen, who once, ladies and gentlemen, was an actual Viking. That's right. I'm jumping off this ship. Yeah. For, for the sake for, of this. For the sake of this. Yeah, segment. Yeah. No, I hear you. The Viking ship. <laughs> um, yeah, the Plinko chips just fall on their way this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go to the AFC. I know earlier I said New England, pretty interesting survivor candidate this week. For sure on Monday night against the Bears. You know, if you want to wait till Monday night, some people have a problem with that. Um, but 
Their season win total is what right now? Adjusted season win total? Eight and a half. And they are three and three in your standings. So you're telling me to get over that, they would have to win six of their remaining 11 ball games as well. I don't see that happening. Okay, so that was one. I think I've said this for three weeks on this show, but the Patriots, I, I still have so little feel for how good or bad this team is. I thought they were, I thought they looked pretty putrid at the beginning of the year, and I don't know what to make of them. Well, let's look at the schedule. Bears, okay, let's give them that win. They got Jets, Colts, yeah. Jets. We're giving, them, we're giving them one or two of those. One, I don't know. I, Let, one? Let's say it's one and a half, just for the purposes of this. So that's two and a half. At Vikings, home Bills, at Cardinals, at Raiders, home Bengals, home Dolphins, at Bills. They're not getting to six. That's an under to me. That's uh, a brutal back end. Yeah, see, I'm with I'm with you, Gil. I I feel like I've heard other people bring up though, other people I respect talk about this team they still think is kind of in that, you well, know, nine win window. And I'm like, man, I'm just not seeing it. Listen, up until now, I have bet the I have bet the Patriots you several have, yeah. weeks. I had them against the Lions. My line on the Megapod was I don't know how I don't know how to explain to you that Bill Pelichek's gonna beat Dan Campbell, but I just know that he is. They beat him twenty nine to nothing. Browns they rolled. I said on the Megapod, I was like, when Bailey Zappi was coming in for, for Mac Jones, I said, I don't think it's a downgrade, and I let the hate wash over me because at the time, people were like, you're crazy. It's Mac Jones. But Mac Jones was hitting defenders in the chest all year and was getting lucky. See, I, 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 you've had as good of a feel on this team this year as, as anybody, in my opinion. But, but look at that schedule late. I don't know. I don't know if they have the kick, if you will, to get six. They, they seem like the, the team... That if they're playing inferior competition and yeah. they can grind the clock, Belichick is going to get you there. So I was I was going to bring up you know Matt Brown, it, it, one of the guys I was referring to, seems to be a bit higher on this team. But he also I know what, he told me his favorite teaser leg of the year is this week with the Patriots against the Bears. Obviously yeah. that takes into account a very very poor Bears team. But you know, like him and I were discussing yesterday. I'm like, man, I'm like I. I might play that. Yes, I've thought about it, but... Oh, I think they're winning this week. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> winning too, but like, I don't, I don't know that I'm so sure I'm running to bet it. I don't know how I, I, don't know how I know that Bill Belichick is going to beat Matt Eberflus. <laughs> I just know that he's going to so, beat Matt Eberflus. And that, but that's, that, that was my point, and that's your point. Yeah. It's the, do they have enough talent and the coaching is good enough for them to get past the easy opponents? Yes. Yes. I think so. But not the other but way. But not the other one. That's my feeling on them. So I would go on, I'm, to me, I would go under eight and a half. I like the Giants under a little better, but and here's where, by the way, it gets, as we go through these week by week, and we don't necessarily do them every week, as the season progresses and the runway gets shorter, there's going to be fewer opportunities on it, these. Right. I, I got one I want to bring up in the AFC, Chargers. Oh, boy. And this is one to not play now. Oh, I like that. But to circle for a couple weeks from now. Because you've got Seahawks at home. Then go on the road against the Falcons, okay? I've got that marked for fire on the under after this. Because then it's at 49ers, you got the Chiefs at home, at the Cardinals, at the Raiders, Dolphins at home, Titans at home, at the Colts, Rams at home, at the Broncos. Can I push back just a little bit on sure. this? Because I, I totally get your thinking on this, but here's the problem with the Chargers in that. You know how we go through schedules as we just done for every team here today, and we're like, okay, well, you, let's give them this many wins for that, that kind of thing. Win, loss, loss, win, that sort of thing. Can you do that for this outfit? 
Because literally there is, like, so you said Seahawks and then at Falcons and then push the under, which I understand the strategy of that, which is how you're supposed to do this. But to me, they're just as likely to lose one of those games against the Seahawks and the Falcons as they are to pull off some upset out of their booty against, you know, the Chiefs, the Dolphins, the Rams, any of these. Like, so I don't know with them. Completely agree, but I also think... So I I don't know I don't know either. That's kind of just the NFL in general too. But you're right. Some of these teams are more plinkoish than others, if you will. Right. Thank you. But five cents. The, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Gil Alexander. But but I think that's one. It, I've got it marked down. Hold for two weeks. Great. If they lose one of these games, then I'm off of it. I'm off the bet. Yep. I like it. In that respect, I like it. You're waiting. To, you're waiting to inevitably see that they're going to kill any thoughts of you making a bet on them. I did it with the Giants earlier yeah, in the year. Worked yeah, out well. Worked out well. Chargers are just such a conundrum. We'll come back. Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke. His baseball thoughts and football as well. It's a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to the best betting talent in the game. If you have not subscribed yet, VSIN has a midseason offer to make you smarter, better. Sign up now for just $99. That's it, $99. Get Visa Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. You'll get everything Visa has to offer, including our 24-7 live shows and subscriber-only betting guides to college bowl season and the Super Bowl, all for less than the normal monthly rate. You also get Visa subscriber-only season prep guides to the NHL, NBA, and the World Cup. It's the best bet in the game, $99 for Visa Pro. Now through the Super Bowl, sign up at vsin.com slash subscribe. How about some more tweets, Kelly? We got what tweets. All oh, show long, we appreciate it. Lawrence Carter. Russell Wilson on self-reflection, authenticity, and taking responsibility. Quote, let's hide, he says. Eh, I see what you did there. Uh, Len Glozenski t- tweets back. He says, Gil, I congratulate you. Why? Because you just pronounced my last name correctly. Can't tell you how many times that last name has been butchered. Thank you, Lenny. Uh, this is from Master of Puppets. You are welcome. <laughs> screwed, screwed up his first name, though. <laughs> what did I call him? What, was this Glenn? Did you oh, say yeah. Glenn? Yeah, I did. That's true. I did screw up his first name. I got the hard part, right? I just can't get the easy way. Uh, let's see here. Do a lot of baseball ones. Sully, just like always, your co-host hating on the Patriots. Hashtag shocker. Why do people think you're always hating on their team? I don't know. That one's probably fair, though. Yeah, you're hating on the Patriots? I, I, I don't, yeah, I'm not really hating on them. I'm just not, I'm not very high on them. Like, we just talked about it yeah. this whole last segment. I, I, I was also under on them. Adjusted to But I like them this week. Scott. Mad Marine 77, are we thinking of staying off of the Patriots and Survivor, hoping football happens, but knowing we might not be able to play them for the rest of the season? Well, that was it when we went through Survivor earlier. That's the thing. Best remaining chance on paper to use the Patriots for the rest of the year. That And, and to the person who tweeted about, mm-hmm. about the Patriots, that would be my play this week, I think, if, if I was still alive. Might very well be mine. Raiders are tempting, too. But there are no shorter than nine candidates, for sure, this week in the NFL, in Survivor. Depending, of course, on who you've played already. Let's talk with the man who you can follow on Twitter at Spreadopedia. He's the host of the Wide World of Wine Garden podcast, Jason Weingarten. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing, Jason? Pretty good. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, you betting baseball still? What's happening? Yeah, you know, uh, finally finally getting the games that matter. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to to bet and watch these games. What do you have today? Yeah, I got the, uh, got the under in the, uh, the Phillies Padres game. Got under six and a half plus one Oh five 
I'm probably going to bet the uh, hits run error line if I can uh, find a good number on that. I haven't haven't had a chance to search through the props today. And then uh, got to got to look at some first innings today, obviously, because the the totals are just so low. I just haven't haven't seen any good prices yet. Still still kind of early for uh, props to be widely uh, widely available. Well, let me ask you a couple follow-up questions. One, how have the yes first innings been going in the postseason thus far? Great prices, I know, but how how have they resulted? They've been fine. I mean, you're not winning every single one. There've been a couple couple bad days, but uh, in general, they've they've been hitting. They won yesterday. And for hit hits run and er- hits runs and errors for a game like the Phillies and the Padres, what number are you sort of looking for? And then which way are you going on it? Probably about 23 and a half on the under. Let's see. I could see what it's at at Bookmaker in a second. And basically, that's the number that I want to beat. But yeah, basically 23 and a half. Anything lower than that, you're not giving yourself a lot of leeway on, on any total, whether you're getting six or seven or whatever. So, uh, you know, you need need some leeway with with these bets if possible. Did you bet a series price on on the Phillies and the Padres or on the Astros Yankees Astros prohibitive favorites in that one? I I did not bet a series price here because I already had the uh, the Phillies to win the uh, win the pennant, so I ended up with one of two teams in the NLCS. It just wasn't the the team I expected, so. You had you, that, you had, would, that would have been the Dodgers. I see. So you had yeah, you had multiple teams, but the Phillies is the one <laughs> surprisingly still in pocket. What's your number on them? Uh, let's see. It's it's from the beginning of the season. Oh. Um, you know, it's something we've talked about before, Gil. But when it comes to betting a lot of these futures, I I'm still tending to find that uh, I'm getting a lot better numbers from the preseason than a lot of the stuff that I bet in season. Remember we. We we discussed this last season at the end. Yeah, well, I have to di- dig more into that. 15, 15 to one for the pennant, thirty five for the World Series. By the way, do so you have them for both? Fifteen to one and thirty five to one. So wait, let's go back to what you were just saying. Usually, when we talk about that, right, we say, "Hey, look, you're going to have pre flop prices before the season starts, and if you can catch it at a team's, let's say, you know, nadir of their swoon." A couple years ago, when the Dodgers got all the way to the World Series, didn't win it. But I remember they started out 16 and 26. I happened to time it perfectly. You don't, you rarely time it perfectly. And I could get the Dodgers at 25 to one to win the World Series at that point, which I did. Again, it didn't get home. It got, it got, they got to the World Series. So, so in those cases, you're going to get a better number in season. What are you referring to specifically? That just sometimes the train leaves the station and you can't get back to that number. No, not even you can't get back to that number. I just find that when I put together my stuff before the season and and I, I don't touch it, you know, mm-hmm. some of it ends up being really good, like the Phillies. I, I had no idea the Phillies were going to, you know, be in this position. It was just a bet I made, you know, according to my records, I made it on March 19th. So I was thinking about the Phillies for some reason on March 19th. Um, oh, I now see. Now they're in the, the NLCS. So I see. The bets I made yeah. in season you know, like uh, the Rays, the Guardians, those, they were decent numbers. They just didn't get anywhere. So I'm just always finding that my preseason stuff is, you know, better futures-wise than a lot of the stuff I bet in season. Yeah, so you're talking basically about your handicap being better at that time um, than it is necessarily in season vis-a-vis the numbers. And you're finding that that's usually the case nowadays? 
I mean, it's been two years. Yeah. Two, two years of, of sim- similar results. So it's not enough to tell you, you know, <clears throat> this is the only way to do it or I should be making changes. Because also, for example, like Michael Harris was a bet I made in season that's likely, hopefully going to be one of my bigger winners. Um, but that wasn't available before the season. So, you know, you have to be flexible still. I do think it's worth That's a good point worth bringing up because we do talk about how, yeah, you can get a better number in season a lot. You can make better bets in game than preflop sometimes. But what you're talking about sort of reminds me of Ed Fang when he talks about college football. Ed Fang very famously says, you know, we tend to dismiss, <clears throat> pardon me, especially as betters, we tend to dismiss the AP preseason rankings. And he says, if you actually do a study on it, all these things that we think about during a college football season, the ups and the downs, the roller coaster, oh, we thought this of one team, now we think another thing. If you actually go back to the preseason rankings, they are a really surprisingly good barometer of what ends up happening late in a season. So to your point, there is we should be a little bit more humble about that, right? That there there might be some wisdom in those types of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a long season, and we're, we're always, you know, we're always, the last thing we see tends to, to make us biased when we're betting futures in season. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always saying, oh, well, this guy did this yesterday, I got to go bet him now. And, you know, the preseason, you're looking at the whole picture. Yeah. You know, you're betting the whole picture. If this were, you know, if this were cut and dry either way, this would be simple and we wouldn't have anything to talk about. It's always an alchemy of all of this stuff, but just something to keep in mind. How about the NFL? Week seven in the NFL, have you made bets? Uh, made a couple. I'm looking, looking at some futures this week. You know, I'm, I'm always looking to add to my futures portfolio, even though we just mentioned that, you know, it seems that a lot of the best stuff is coming preseason. But, uh, when you see numbers start drifting, like you do right now, I had to bet some Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll coach of the year, hundred to one. I think if they make the playoffs, that's a very interesting bet. Granted, you know, Sirianni and whoever else at the top is the favorite right now. Then uh, Aaron Donald, he's 18 to one for the defensive player of the year. Not like he lost a step or anything. He's still Aaron Donald. Last two weeks, I watched the uh, the Rams game. I watched. I was at the Panthers game. I watched the uh, Cowboys game at the airport. But uh, Panthers didn't uh, didn't score an offensive touchdown last week. The week before, the Rams defense held Cowboys to 239 yards, 10 first downs, only one touchdown, and only two drives longer than 35 yards. So. You know, we know Aaron Donald is the guy that's going to carry this team and carry this defense again if they're going to make a make a run at the playoffs or make a run at another Super Bowl. So uh, eighteen to one, give me give me that. I don't think you know. I know you love Micah Parsons. I love Micah Parsons, but why is he odds on and why is Aaron Donald sixteen to one or eighteen to one this early in the season? I hear you. I have Micah Parsons from before mm-hmm. the season at plus six fifty. He is minus one ten, but we're only a third of the way, roughly, right? A third of the way through the season, so much can happen. So I hear you on that. The Pete Carroll thing is interesting because, and I've said this, we all kind of owe Pete Carroll an apology. Because as much as his, as many sins as he's had in past years, where he didn't let Russell cook and he was completely oppo what they should have done in Seattle, and maybe a crime that they only won one Super Bowl. He's been great so far this year. The running game has worked out. Uh, he did t- he did roll the dice on Geno Smith. That has worked out fabulously. So there is a path. Let's put it this way: there is a path where if the Eagles fall off and some others. That could be interesting at one hundred to one. So. Uh, and if you like FanDuel, you can parlay stuff at FanDuel. Donald, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Carroll Coach of the Year, and Pat Mahomes, MVP. 
$97 pays $999,197. So <laughs> or so we you've could, heard. We could put them out of business for uh, for, a lot, for a little money. Jason Weigard, everybody. Thank you, Jason. We'll root for you on that. Coming back with JVT on the NBA next. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program, including... Exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin is here as well. Ladies and gentlemen, first time uh, on the show during this new NBA season. He's our senior NBA analyst. He's also the host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast in full swing now that the NBA season is here, it's Jonathan Von Tobel. How you doing, JVT? I'm good, man. It was a night of NBA action, uh, and uh, <laughs> looking forward to tonight. That's his review. It was a night of NBA action. I, I agree. That, that was my main takeaway. It was a night of NBA action. <laughs> By the way, first of all, congratulations on booking uh, Kelly Bidlin as a guest on the podcast. Well done. Um, uh, not a guest, a regular co-host on the second episodes of the week. How yes. Kelly, why are you burying the headline? I, the we're production. still working out some kinks. We didn't want to make it. He's doing. Hey, JVT's doing way more work on it than I am. I'm just popping in at the end of the week to give well, my. He's in, thoughts, he's in the production. Power voice guy says, and now JVT and Kelly Bidlin. So yeah, he's, oh, like, he's part uh, of the that show. That means you're official. Official. Are you and Matt going to do a golf thing while you're at it? We're trying. Okay, Kelly Bidlin, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Jonathan. I know who Jonathan Von Tobler, but I don't know why they just called you Jonathan. John, uh, the uh, the deal was last night. There's two games, of course. I just want to get your insta reactions. Let's start with the second one first because that's probably quicker. The Warriors begin the defense of their title with a, uh, a thrashing of the Lakers. We know about the Warriors, and we know the kids are going to be uh, sort of worked in and incorporated. The Lakers. Um, are we going to have the same discussions about this team that we had all last year? They've got to they've got to do some with Westbrook, right? Well, I see for me, you know, like overall in the big picture, like with Westbrook, is that still a thing? Yes. I would say, though, that last night, I think it's somewhat unfair to come away from that game and have Russell Westbrook be the topic of conversation. Uh, that team can't shoot. There are a bunch of guys on that squad outside of Russell Westbrook who cannot shoot. And actually, uh, among the starters in that game, Russell Westbrook, you could argue, was the best. If you're looking at plus minus or wherever that game went down, like I don't think that Westbrook is by means going to be like the guy that he used to be. But coming out of that game, I think it's more about this team lacks wing depth or just wings in general to play with other squads. This team lacks really adequate guard play, especially when it comes to creation and shooting. And I think that's kind of my takeaway here. Uh, Russell Westbrook was fine. And as we go along, he's going to have some pretty rough games for them and a bunch of turnovers. He's going to look like Westbrook, sure. But I think the overall takeaway here is that Rob Polinka put together a team that does not mesh with LeBron James in any way, shape, or form. And that's going to be a really big problem outside of just Russell Westbrook. Well, that's what I'm getting at. I'm not picking on Westbrook. I'm just saying the marriage of it all, right? It just doesn't seem to work. And I think we've known that for a while. Um, 
What about the first game, the Sixers and the Celtics? And again, this is way, way too quick of a reaction on an 82-game schedule. But we did see, uh, you know, a couple themes yesterday. I was mentioning this earlier to Kelly that we sort of figured out last last year, which was, okay, Tatum and Brown can play with each other. They both had 35 each last night, so we get it. They're, they're a thing now. Uh, Ime Odoka not being there didn't seem to uh, make the Celtics skip a beat in his first game uh, absent. And then the Sixers, we've always known them to be top-heavy, JVT, where it's like, okay, starting lineup, we get it. And Harden was fabulous last night. They're going to get a svelter, more focused James Harden, good on the Sixers. But the revamped bench, at least in game one, didn't show up. Yeah, and I think that's your takeaway here for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, because like, and here's the thing too, by the way, uh, they lost the Joel Embiid minutes too. Like that was kind of a big deal for them yesterday against the Celtics, but you're right. Like that's going to be a little bit of a problem for them. It's specifically, specifically when you're looking at their ability uh, to score and defend without Joel Embiid out there, I think that's going to be the problem, but I would agree. I think with everything, as you look at it, when you're only going to get what three points out of Niang in that game, you're going to get fuss five points out of Anthony Melton, who was supposed to be really solid uh, as a bench acquisition. I agree with that. Now, we have 81 games left. Is mm-hmm. everything going to be probably okay as we move forward? Sure. And I think one of the positive takeaways is as a team, you still put up an offensive rating of 119.8 against a defensive team that's supposed to be among the best in the NBA. So you can be positive there. But I think your overall point here is that, like, look, these teams, like, that you're kind of building up as new units, it takes more than just a game to kind of get these things together. And I think that's kind of as we rate these teams and bet on them and look at them from a rating standpoint early on in the year. Maybe they're going to be good in 10, 15 games from now, but the Philadelphia 76ers and some of these others that have new looks, uh, they are going to go through a process. They're going to go through through a process for sure. I just saw, who was it? Uh, was it uh, Iman Shumper who was just doing something on this? He was like, he, he was talking about how like when teams trade big names to another team and everybody gets all crazy about it, he's like, he goes, nah, there was like a, you know, a pick and roll that we couldn't cover when that guy played for that team. And as soon as he went to the other team, he's like, we're good. We know it's going to take two years for this new outfit to gel. By the way, this is from Mike Adams. Yeah, he said, if you watch the Sixers and it felt a lot, uh, it felt like a lot of Harden pounding the rock, trust your eyes. James Harden, JVT, dribbled, and <laughs> they count this, 525 times in game one. Next highest on Philly was Tyrese Maxey, played well, with 184. Harden dribbled more times than the rest of the Sixers combined, 411. James do I, Harden. Do I dare say that, hey, look, Harden's back to Houston Rockets, James yes. Harden. That's what you want, yep. right? Like, yeah. that's, that's what you want. I guess, I guess, we'll see. We'll see if that's what we want. But at least after one game, he, he certainly looked good, even though it didn't uh, end up that way on the scoreboard. Uh, before we get to today's slate, which is 12 games deep, I asked this of Kelly the other day. Power rank for me, if you will, your top four Eastern Conference teams. I'm curious about this, despite last night's result. Uh, so I would go with, uh, and the margins are slim, but I would go with Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, and, man, I think there's such a gap for, like, the fourth team. I'll go Miami. I, I think there is a little bit of a gap between the top three and the rest of the East, but I'll go with Miami as four. Philly number one. Loves the Sixers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about today? What are you, what are you betting tonight? Uh, so there's a couple uh, games, and I'm just, you know, a lot of this is, you know, Gil, when you get into a season, a lot of your, uh, like, first day and first week bets are on your priors. So I'm just going to bet on those and see how good I, yeah. I've done with my evaluation of these teams. Uh, first of which is I read the market correctly. I grabbed five and a half with the New York Knicks today against the Memphis Grizzlies. This thing's down to four in favor of Memphis. So there's a couple of things. One, I bet the Memphis under win total because I don't think the market's really counting for all the losses that they have experienced. And two, on top of the losses, uh, they are injured coming into this thing. Dylan Brooks is not going to play. Danny Green is not going to play. It looks like uh, Tillman, I think, is... uh, 
uh, going to be out for them as well. This is just a team that's kind of thin, and the Knicks have a sneaky kind of good bench when you're looking at them. Excuse me, Zaire Williams is the one that's not going to play tonight, uh, not Tillman. I think that the market just didn't really count when you were talking about the open at six and a half and even the adjustment down to five and a half, how much thinner this Memphis team is. And the Knicks don't really have anything to deal with here. Quentin Grimes isn't going to play, but that's about it. I like this bench overall. Isaiah Hartenstein's awesome as a defensive center behind Mitchell Robinson. Obi Toppin's fantastic. I love Emmanuel quickly as a potential six-man-of-the-year candidate. So took five and a half with the Knicks and read the market right there. Uh, the other games haven't really moved too much. I laid seven, or excuse me, six and a half with Miami. It's up to seven in some spots. It's back down to six. Uh, I would assume that this move back down to six is telling us Zach Levine's going to play. I think we're going to have a minutes restriction, though, if you read between the lines. And I think Chicago's just really poor defensively. I would assume at point guard, uh, when he was on the floor last year, defensive rating of 124, it was not very good, especially with Nikola Vucevic behind him at center. I think the Heat are going to be able to take advantage of that. So late six and a half, it's down to six. Uh, with Miami on the Levine news. And then I laid two and a half with Toronto. I'm just not really buying too much into Cleveland. And I think a team like Toronto with a bunch of six, seven wings, who uh, Cleveland doesn't really have a lot of that, I think it's a really big advantage for Toronto here in this spot against the uh, the Cavaliers, who I think are a little overvalued coming into the season. So laid it with the uh, Raptors. All right, last thing, uh, just a minute here. Uh, you mentioned something about relying on your priors, which I totally get. Um, average, I don't know that there's a static answer to this, but what what exactly... Do you think, does it take 10 games? Does it take 15 games into a season 20? When do your priors slough off? When do you say to yourself, hey, my priors are great, or conversely, my priors aren't worth squadoosh? Yeah, I would say like about 10 games, I feel relatively comfortable, right? Like, And it's not exactly like, all right, we're at the 10th game, let's move on. Like, you know, right. you get an idea of where you're at and also the results and where you're at uh, in terms of how you're betting these teams. If I'm just barely missing out or if there are stats that are telling me this team's better than it's actually looking, I might hang on to my priors a little bit longer. But I think 10 to 12 games is a fair sample size to not even get like come off of your priors, but to adjust on what you've thought about a lot of these teams. Uh, and and that's where I think you want to start to look at it. So I guess you get a little stubborn in the first 10 games or so, but once you start to actually get some true data points to rely on, then you can start to adjust what you think about these teams, be it positive or negative. JVT, great to have you back for uh, another season of the NBA, the young and the restless off the court also with the, the drama of this league. Yeah. Uh, we look forward to it, and congratulations again on uh, getting Kelly Bidlin as a co-host, at least the second one every week, of uh, Hardwood Handicappers, man. We look forward to that. We had to get a lot of funds backed out on the uh, the back end from Len. So <laughs> I, I know. It, yeah. <laughs> I know. JVT, everybody. Jonathan Von Tobel, at me, JVT, on Twitter. Real quick, just completely agree with him. I think that 10 to 15 game sample size is what I use for my priors, Gil. Usually the beginning of the season starts off really good or really bad, and then you adjust from there. Got to be humble about it in any sport. Uh, a lot of big favorites on the NFL card this week. If you're planning on making teaser bets, Make sure to compare them to Moneyline Parlay prices. That is your VEASAN Pro Tip of the Hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show. So that means at least 20 every day. They're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only, though, at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. Lombardi Line next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the sports betting network.